Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. All right, good. Who made it to Acts chapter 2? Did you make it? Good, good. Well, welcome. Here we go. Let's do this. Today is Pentecost, if you don't know that. We are celebrating today. Pentecost means 50. It's 50 days after Easter. 50 days after the resurrection, and it's a celebration. Does anybody know why it's a celebration? Oh, man, all the Bible scholars shouted at once. That's awesome. It's because this, this is where they got the Holy Spirit. Pentecost is where the Holy Spirit fell down on them. We're going to read today, so you won't never not know again. Are you ready? Are you, are you good to know that? You'll be like, next Pentecost, you're like, Acts chapter 2. I know exactly where to find it. It's going to be right there. It's going to be so good. Oh, my goodness. What a fun thing. You know, uh, oh, something that they didn't mention that I think is going to be super fun. Next, next Sunday, so we're, we're, we're trying to help the kids make some money for, for camp, right? So how many of you, and, and don't shout at once, okay, because that will just embarrass me, but uh, how many of you would like to throw a pie in my face or one of the other pastor's face? Oh, my goodness, hands going up everywhere. Gigi? Gigi? My goodness, she was just that, oh my gosh. Well, yeah, yeah, I know Crawford, you did it last year. So um, anyway, so we are going to do some raising of money for, for our, our pie in the face thing next Sunday. So we will, we will have uh, some trash bags for our pastors to get pied in the face, uh, this thing. But I, I'm going to switch it up a little bit, and we're going to add a twist. You, does anybody like twists when there's like a little twist at the end? So we're going to add a twist where you can actually nominate whoever you want to pie them in the face. So it is pie a pastor, but if you know somebody that you're like, you know what, I'd pay 100 bucks to pie that person in front of everybody right here, you can nominate whoever you want. Does that sound good? Yeah, a few people excited about, you were way more excited about pieing me in the face. I don't know, I don't know how to feel about that, but we'll, we'll, we'll get through it, we'll get through it. So anyways, you know, uh, this last couple months, as we've been talking about taking church out of the building and uh, taking it outside, I, I, I've been seeking a lot of different pastors and a lot of different people for counsel. Pretty smart, right? That's a good idea. Like, hey, what do you guys think? And, and I got to tell you, one word comes up more than any other word, and that word is bold. We've been told mul- multiple times by multiple pastors that you are bold to do this. And this last week was no different. I met with eight different pastors this last week, and and uh, one of them said, man, can I pray for you? Because that is such a bold move. Oh, my goodness. So you know what? Go ahead and tell your neighbor this, uh, this new series we're going to get into for the next six, seven, eight weeks, something like that, is going to be called Bold. Tell your neighbor. It's called Bold. We're getting bold today. Is somebody getting bold today? Oh, my goodness. We're getting bold today. We're going to step out in some boldness. Amen? Amen. If you'd like to follow along, you can follow along in the Version Bible app. Or you can jump onto our Living Stones app, and I already in, incorporated the YouVersion Bible app into that on the Sunday part on the bottom. Um, all right, we're in Acts chapter 2. We're going to read this whole chapter. Are you ready? That is like 47 verses. Are you ready? I cheated because I skipped like four of them, but we're, we're going to read all but four of them. Ready? Because it just says all the different nations. But All right, here we go. Verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, somebody say Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Verse 2, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house they were sitting. Then 
What looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, verse 4. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody lift up a shout in this place. And began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability, verse 5. At the time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are from all from Galilee, and yet here we, are, we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Then verses 9 through 12 lists all the different nations that were represented there. So we'll skip to verse 13. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. That sounds logical, right? They're just drunk, that's it. Verse 14, then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. That's funny that they would actually put a time on that. That tells me, hmm, what kind of other things are you doing, Peter? Hanging out? Anyway, it's too, too early for that. Verse 16, no, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. Verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on, all, even on all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Verse 19. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and clouds of smoke. Verse 20. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arise. Verse 21. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Somebody lift up a shout. Verse 22. People of Israel, we're halfway there. Somebody say, we're halfway there. Oh, we're halfway there. We're getting through this. You're going to read a whole chapter of the Bible today. Come on, somebody. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazareth by doing powerful miracles and wonders and signs through him. As you well know, verse 23, but God knew what would happen and, he, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. Verse 24. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grip. Verse 25. King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken. Come on, somebody. For he is right beside me. Verse 26. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Verse 29. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself. For he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. Verse 30, but he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. Verse 31, David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. Verse 32, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. 
Verse 33, now he, exalted, now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us. Come on, somebody. Just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand. Verse 35, Until I humble your enemies, make them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Verse 37, we're getting there. Got 10 verses left. Are you making it? Yeah? Were we enduring? That's because you're not reading out loud. Come on, somebody. Verse 37, Peter's words pierced the hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Verse 38, Peter replied, each of you must repent. Somebody say repent. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness. For, for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away. So did he exclude anybody on that? Nope. Everybody. It's for you, your children, your children's children, for those far away. All who have been called by the Lord our God. Verse 40. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. Some of you are wondering if that's what I'm going to do, having this many verses. Aren't you? Come on. Come on. Oh, you love it? We'll just order the uh, In-N-Out truck to come right now. We'll just, okay, all right, we're getting some shouts in the, in the crowd today. Come on, we didn't fall asleep through 37, 38, 39 verses so far. Then P Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. Man, that sounds familiar to today. Verse 41, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that, that day, about 3,000 in all. Come on, can you imagine going out to the park and we add 3,000 people to the church in that day? Oh man, baptizing them all in the name of Jesus. Four, verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Verse 43, oh man, we're almost there, home stretch. Last paragraph, a deep sense of awe came over all of them and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Verse 44, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Verse 45, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Verse 46, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Verse 47, last verse, here we go. Still got your seat? Okay, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for Acts chapter 2 and all 47 verses. God, we thank you for your word for us that we are coming into a new place, into a new season. And Lord, that you've promised us your Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us. God, we give you the glory today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All God's people said, amen, amen. Pentecost Sunday, you guys. I'm going to see how far I can go until this thing starts giving feedback. Let's see. Check, 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 check. I'm waiting for the squeal. Any squeals?
from, no, I can come all the way out here. That sounds pretty good. I'm going to do that. Can I do that? Because I'm, I'm not going to get sunburned, and neither are you. So I'm coming over here, and we'll see if we can shout until it screams at us. How's that sound? Does that sound good? Because I like looking at your faces, and your faces look better from here than over there. It's true. It's true. Awesome. All right, who's taking notes today? We got some people taking notes. I see some notebooks out there, some people taking notes on their phone. Here's, here's point number one. We're talking about boldness, aren't we? Point number one is my boldness will be led by the Holy Spirit. My boldness will be led by the Holy Spirit. How many of us know it's, it's one thing to be bold, but it's another thing to be bold under the influence of the Holy Spirit? How many of us have been bold when we shouldn't have been bold? Maybe, maybe we were like Peter and it wasn't quite 9 o'clock in the morning. You know, maybe it was after 5 and, and we had a few too many. And we were, we were being bold. Is anybody with me? You had the Kool-Aid? I, you know, listen, I'm a Marine. I, I had a few drinks of Kool-Aid in my day. Are you with me? Like, it was the only way that I could dance with a girl. Are you with me? It was, it, it was the, uh, the Heineken anointing is what happened. I had to have six of them before anything could happen. Are you with me? And it was with girls at church. It was fine, you guys. Like, don't be so judgmental. Goodness gracious. But you know what, as we enter into this next season as a church, and even in our personal lives, we're going to need a boldness that's led by the Holy Spirit, a different kind of boldness. Are you with me? Not, not a fake boldness, not by a different spirit, right? You know, they call alcohol spirits, right? I was, I was under a different spirit to be able to be bold enough to do, to, to do a little bit of salsa. My, my wife is still jealous to this day that I don't take her salsa dancing. I just can't get enough courage, you know what I mean? Come on, somebody. But we're each about to face some new challenges, some new circumstances. But it's important to remember that you're not alone, that the Holy Spirit is with you. Oh, I guess I messed that up, huh, because they got to look at my butt from over there, huh? The cameras, they had to move the cameras back. Sorry about that. I didn't think about that. As we read in Acts chapter 2, and it's Pentecost Sunday, I felt like this, as I was reading this, that it was somewhat prophetic for us. You know, as the Holy Spirit ascended, fell on the people, all of a sudden there was a different sense of community. All of a sudden they were, they were living together and doing life together and doing more of those things together. And as I read through this, I, I didn't read through this before the beginning of the year when we, when we decided that we were going to change everything in our church and focus on, on only connection and, and discipleship. But then when I look at the early church right here, it's exactly what that is. It's connection and discipleship. Getting in the Word together and doing life together. Amen? And so that's what we're going to do as a church. And it's incredible that they already wrote out this roadmap of how to do it and what to do. And it's to be led boldly by the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say amen? Oh, here we go. I'm going to go back into verse 17. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Come on, somebody say all people. All people. Does that include all of you? All. Somebody say all. You know, in the Greek, it means all. All means all. That's all it means. I mean, I mean, we can just dive into the depth of just, it means all, okay? You guys are just such Greek scholars today. It means all. That's it. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prof- prophesy. Do you know what it means to prophesy? How many people know what it means to prophesy? Yeah? If you don't know what it means to prophesy, it means to be able to, to see in the spirit that God will show you what's going on in the future. Can I tell you that God has shown me so many things in my life, shown me the future? Did you know that the, the, he showed me two years ago that we would be here today? 
I've told most of you about those different stories where God said I had to break you so that I could grow you into what I want you to really be. We had a church of 400 people at that time. I come to that Easter, you remember? Some of you remember. But God said that time, hey, I'm going to have to break it all so that I can build it into what I want it to be. Now I read this and I go, hmm, I see what you're trying to do. Something with more connection. Something with more discipleship. Something that I hadn't even thought of because we've been building the church like every other church. We went and built all the, all the systems. We built all the programs and everybody got involved in all the systems and all the programs and we called it church. Can I tell you that's not what the church was? That's not what the church was at all. That's not what we see in these scriptures right here. What we see in this, these scriptures is that we're, we're getting together and sharing meals. Can I tell you that's against California culture to, to go and spend time together? I mean, how many of us know our next door neighbors? Come on, somebody, right? Like they, they, they pull into their garage, they shut the door, and they don't want you to talk to them. They even have a sign on the outside of the building, and some of you have this too. Don't be judged. It's not fine. It's okay. It says, no soliciting. It means I don't want to talk to you, Right? That's California culture. That that's not kingdom culture. Kingdom culture is connection. Kingdom culture is discipleship. Oh, man, as I read through this, kingdom culture is miracles, signs, and wonders. We don't see a lot of that today, do we? It's, it's becoming less and less. You know, and this is just my opinion. It doesn't say this in the Bible, okay? You don't have to accept my opinion. You know what opinions are like? Opinions are like, are like armpits. We each have a couple of them, and, and most of the time they stink. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. But here's my opinion. My opinion is that we've relied solely on programs to keep church running, and we've forgotten about connection. We've forgotten about connection. Oh, my goodness. As a pastor, I refuse to let that ever happen again. Ever happen again. Your young men will see visions. We don't even teach our, our, our kids how to see visions, do we? Man, it's crazy. It's crazy. I was talking with Kayla yesterday as we were, we were doing the uh, yard sale stuff, and she, she was reminding me of a time when, when Noah was able to feel and experience someone else's gallbladder pain. And he was, I think, five at the time. He's 10 now. But five years ago, I remember him coming in, and he said, Dad, I feel this pain. It hurts so bad. And, and he, he was in pain for, like, the next few hours. We were like, it was excruciating. So we took him to the doctor to make sure he was okay. We're like, what's going on with my five-year-old? And the doc checked him, and he said, he's fine. There's nothing. There's no pressures. There's no inflammation. There's no nothing. And, and so we took him home, and I said, buddy, I wonder, I wonder if God is gifting this to you like he gifts me to be able to feel people's pain and experience that. I said, how, how about we just pray for that person right now? Whatever pain you were feeling, let's pray for that. We started praying for it, and it wasn't, it wasn't half an hour later, and, and I, got a, I got a call from a gentleman in our church. And he said, hey, Pastor Justin, can you pray for my wife? She's, she has to go in for emergency gallbladder surgery. Come on, somebody. I'm sitting there going like, buddy, God spoke to you. We needed to pray for her. And it just happened to be at the same time he was experiencing that excruciating pain that she was ready to go to the hospital. Young men will dream dreams. We should see miraculous things happening all the time. We get uh, desensitized by all the things of the world that we're, we're so busy thinking about the busyness of the busyness that we're busy. I'm so busy being busy that I can't hear God anymore. Is anybody with me? I mean, we have to refuse this at some point. How did we do it during COVID when we couldn't go out to places? Can I tell you, I watched more people grow spiritually when they couldn't go to soccer practice. I watched more people grow spiritually when they couldn't watch their, their football game or their hockey game, for, in my, my case. 
I watch more people grow spiritually because they had nothing else they were allowed to do. But yet we, we choose to live in this way to where we don't have the connection with God that we should. Now, I'm not trying to say that any of those things are bad. I love my hockey games, you guys. But you know what? I love Jesus more. Is anybody with me? I love Jesus more, and, and I love you more than that. Come on, somebody. Let's keep reading right here. In verse 18, in those days I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, even on my servants, men and women alike. Does that mean that women can preach? Come on, somebody. Does that mean that women can prophesy? You know, I don't know where some people get some of this stuff. Actually, I do know where they get it, but it's from the misreading the scriptures. If you'll actually read through it and understand it, you'll, you'll understand why we shouldn't separate men and women. Verse 19, I know I just pissed off a whole bunch of people online. That's okay. I don't really care. In all honesty, read your Bible for yourself and you'll figure it out. Verse 19, and I will cause wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When you live a spirit-led life, you don't have to go looking for signs and wonders. Did you know that? Now, I love what happened recently out in Kentucky, right? Did you guys see the, the, the revival happen out there? But you know, want to know why revival like that happens? It's because people engage with God. Do you know how many people drove or flew to Kentucky just to experience the move of God? Did you know that you can have that same move of God in your living room on a Tuesday morning? You don't have to go looking for it. It follows those who believe. When you live in this way where you're saying, God, you have full control of my life and in control of my day. God, everything I have is yours. I mean, we could take it as extreme as these people, the believers of the day, sold everything they had to go and live together, share everything they had. Isn't that insane? Like, in our culture today, would that fly? Are you with me? I mean, I would be considered a cult leader if I asked you all to sell your houses and give your money to the poor. Do you understand that? But yet, this is the kingdom culture. So how do we live in that culture today? Oh, we have to let go of some of our own old self, some of our own understanding. Amen? Like, I'm not, I'm not saying go sell your house. If God tells you to sell your house, by all means, do what God tells you to do. But I'm telling you what, I'm not, I have no plans to sell my house anytime soon, Okay? But in the midst of it, I've given my whole life for his church. And I know that's going to look different for each of us. I'm not asking you all to be pastors. I mean, we wouldn't have much in an offering if we all were just pastors, would we? We wouldn't be able to do very much in our community if we all just waited for the church to pay us when there's nobody putting into the church. Amen? Like, there's a function to all these things. But in the midst of it, it's saying, God, what would you ask of me? Where, where do I fit in this family of God? And the first place is in connection, small group connection, getting together, eating together, eating real food and eating spiritual food together. There's something so special about that. I know you got to push away culture. you got to push away that California culture that says, no, no, I, I'm too busy for that kind of stuff. i got things to do. Make it a priority to make family a priority. Come on, how many of us live in a family where if, if, if it's mom's birthday, we need to go and be with mom? Or she's going to be mad and I'm going to have to hear about it for the next year. Amen? 
Sometimes that family culture, it's like, no, no, like, it's, it's grandma's 90, she's already had 97 other birthdays, mom. Like, why do I have to go to grandma's 98th birthday, right? But there's something about culture that says family is important. But can I tell you that your spiritual family is just as or more important than your blood family? I know that's going to mess with some of you. It's, it's just as or more important. They're forever family, for eternity family. Are you with me? Come on. Oh, man, are we having fun today already? When we live by the Spirit, those, those signs and wonders, they'll follow you. You will prophesy and see visions and dreams. You won't be asking your pastor to see visions and dreams for you. Are you with me? Now, don't get me wrong. I'll pray for you anytime. But I tell you what, when you pray for yourself and you say, God, show me, and you let God work through you, you'll be surprised and you'll start finding out that I'm not that cool. It's really the Holy Spirit that does all of it. Amen? Amen. We don't have to go looking. We don't have to go to Kentucky to find miracles. Come on, somebody. You can just go into a, a quiet place and sit with the Lord. Here's, here's point number two for my note takers. I will repent of my sin and receive his Holy Spirit. Now, this was an important part in here because it's a twofold part. I will repent of my sin. Now, repent is one of those words in church today that nobody really wants to hear. Because then we have to admit that we're sinners and that we're messed up. Amen? And if I have to admit that I'm a sinner, I feel like you're judging me. Oh, hello. I don't know if anybody's been watching the news lately, maybe in the last five years-ish, right? Where all of a sudden, any kind of sin, if you point out my sin, you are now judging me. No, no, no. Listen, you know, this this might upset people, so I, I apologize, but just hear me out for a minute. Can you hear me out? Even the people online, like our cameras haven't broken yet. Tolerance is not tolerant. Tolerance, in my opinion, is BS. I don't want to be tolerated. I want to be loved. Is anybody with me? Like, I'm so sick of seeing things like tolerance. Tolerance? No, that's... You're getting upset at me because I talk about what sin will do to somebody, but when I talk about what sin will do for somebody, it's so that they can be loved. It's so that we don't have to operate broken. Are you with me? God doesn't intend for us to stay broken. That's the whole point. Like, tolerance says, stay broken. You're just fine the way you are. God says, I want to bring you to life and life more abundantly. Come on, I hope I'm preaching to the neighborhood today. I don't know. God wants you to have life and life more abundantly. He doesn't want you to just remain in your brokenness for the rest of your life wondering why I've never been fulfilled. Why when I tried this substance, it didn't fulfill me. Why when I went on this sexual rampage, it didn't fulfill me. Why when I did all these things, it didn't fulfill me. See, God wants to show you how to be fulfilled. If you know him, you will be fulfilled. You don't need all that other stuff to be fulfilled. Come on. We, we set unrealistic, unrealistic expectations for the world to fulfill us. If somebody would just tell me that I'm a good person, then maybe I'll feel better about myself. No. God already said, I created you. From, from, the, from the beginning of the earth, I thought of you. I, I knit you in your mother's womb. Every part of you I love and I've created. And if we know that, oh my goodness, then, then it changes everything for everybody. 
Are you with me? I no longer have to tolerate the person next to me. I start to see them by the way I see Jesus. He created them in his image, just like he created me in his image. Now I can see a part of Jesus maybe that I didn't know. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Oh, goodness, I'm preaching today. I'm preaching today. I will repent of my sin and receive his Holy Spirit. You know, I wish as a pastor that I could tell you, like, it almost feels like an AA meeting. I would love to say that I've been sober from sin for this many years. But I don't even know if I could, if I was honest with myself to say that I haven't even sinned today. Are you with me? Like, like just since the before service. Are you with, just, I mean, especially the way that Jesus looks at sin. Like, if we, if we look at the way the Ten Commandments look at sin, like, don't kill anybody, okay, I check, I didn't do any of that. Yeah. I didn't steal anything today, right? But, but, but Jesus says that if you even look at someone and, and lust after them in your heart, it's like you created, you, you've committed adultery. If, if, you, if you looked at someone and hated them or angry with them, it's, it's like you killed them. I'm like, dang, okay, you know what? Well, when we, when we break it down to that level, I, I, don't, I, I think I screwed up today. Are you, are you with me? Like, I think I have to repent even today as a pastor. I don't even get to come to our AA meeting today and say, I've been sober for this long. I mean, what, what's it been, like 43 minutes? Come on, somebody. Is anybody with me? Repent of your sin and receive his Holy Spirit. What a great trade. Are you with me? I mean, I, <coughs> I've got, I got my little... My little 10-year-old, he's really into Pokemon right now. I don't know anything about Pokemon. I, I look at all these little cartoon characters, cards, and I'm like, cool, buddy. I don't know. But you know what? And, and he doesn't know enough about it. So he might have a really good card, and then he goes to school, and he trades that one with somebody else. You see, sometimes what we think, we think is valuable really isn't valuable. Like he looks at it, and he goes, I really like the way this one looks, and it's really cool. And so I think it's valuable. But it might not be valuable. And he might be trading with somebody who's in fifth grade or sixth grade who's a little bit smarter than he is and goes, oh, yeah, here, I'll give you these three cards for that one. It's three for one. But they know the value of that one. See, listen, God is asking us to trade our sin for his Holy Spirit. Repent of your sin. He's, I don't know if God knows how good of a trade he's giving us. Are you with me? Because he's, he's like, if you give me your sin, repent of your sin, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you my helper to take you into the highways and byways and see what God can do through you. What a trade. Are you with me? Like, I'm sitting here going like, gosh, nobody tell Jesus what this trade is really like. Because if he knew the sin that I was going to give him, in comparison to the spirit he's going to give me, I don't know if he'd still want to trade. Is anybody with me? Does anybody know their own sinful nature? Come on. Why would he want to trade? Acts, let's go to verse 38. Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive. Somebody say then. You know when it says then, that means there was an if. Like if you repent of your sins, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Like it's a transaction. We got to let go of that. We got to let go of those things so that God can give us his Holy Spirit. Amen. This promise is to you. Somebody tell your neighbor it's to you. It's to you. Tell them it's to their children. And for those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, just like Pastor Justin does all the time. 
Pastor Sarah's not here to give me my time to tell me when I'm done. I'm just saying, Pastor Sarah, you're going to have to text me and say, I've, you've got 10 minutes left. You've got five minutes left. This could go all day. I mean, there's nothing. Is it 11 a.m.? means we have 15 minutes left. Yeah. Is it behind me? That's not very helpful. It's not very helpful. You know, we live in a historic time. Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. We live in a historic time where the definition of sin has become so muddled. A place where we point out sin and it's like we're, we're, we're cursing a person. It's not what it is. God gave us his word so we would not be deceived by the doctrines of this world. It is his love that leads us to repentance. Somebody say it's his love. It's his love that leads us to repentance. Like any good mother or any good father would not want their kid to make a choice that's going to hurt them in the end. Right? Any, any good, now I know we, there's some not so good mothers and not so good fathers out there that maybe didn't care if you hurt yourself or maybe they thought it was funny if you hurt yourself. Come on, I've, I've seen that before where, hey, yeah, yeah, why don't you go touch this thing and then it burns them, you know, right? And they think it's funny. You might have gone through something like that, but can I tell you something? That's not a good mother and that's not a good father. It's not. What a good mother and a good father does is they, they try to keep you from touching that thing because they know it will burn you. It will hurt you. Are you with me? And just like God, God doesn't ask you to go do something because it's going to hurt you. He asks you to go do something because it's going to either one going to protect you or one it's going to grow you to a new place. Amen? And so when we listen to a good, good father, come on, somebody say a good father. A good father wants good things for his children. A good father leads us to a place of freedom. A good father leads us to that. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was looking at church and, and what people would tell me about church when I was younger, I, uh, they, would, they would say, oh, I don't want all those rules. I don't want all those regulations. Oh, you're going to ruin all my fun. Come on. Has anybody ever heard that? Has anybody ever said that? Oh, you're going to ruin all my fun. I want to go have fun with my life. I'll give my life to Jesus later when I'm, my, when I'm like 40 and boring. Come on, somebody. Right? hey yo, hey yo. We're, some of us are 40 and boring. There you go. You're ready. You're ready for the next anointing, the 40 and boring anointing. Now, I know some 40-year-olds 40, 40 who are not boring at all. Come on, somebody. I know some crazy Christians up in this place. But we need his love to lead us to that place of repentance so that we can be free. There's something about not having to lie anymore. You don't have to hide anything. That sinful nature, when you give it to God and you receive his Holy Spirit, he helps you not to have those desires. Now, does it mean that they'll be gone forever? Nope, it doesn't. Oh, man, I, all I have to see is one commercial of a bacon cheeseburger, and all I'm thinking about for the next two hours is that bacon cheeseburger. Come on, somebody. Hey, like, those commercials know how to get to my sinful nature. Are you with me? Like, like and, and I swear they have fans at In-N-Out when you drive by that just blows that smell out onto the, I mean... I, I can't even drive by without sinning in the name of Jesus. So you'll still have your sinful nature, but you can trade it in every day, every minute of every day if you need to. Say, Holy Spirit, I don't want this, I want you. Holy Spirit, guide me. 
Holy Spirit, lead me. Lord, I don't, I don't want these things. I want you. Amen? And it changes the way you think and the way you feel, the way you act, the way you live your life. Point number three for my note takers. I will be in community with believers led by the Holy Spirit. Can we say that one together? I know you don't have a screen to look at it, but can you remember with me? I will be in community with believers led by the Holy Spirit. There's something powerful about that. There's something powerful about that. You know, I I told you that I met with uh, a few pastors this week, right? Um, One of them that I was talking with, um, I'm not going to say the name of the church, but I'm sure you'll probably look it up and figure it out later. But uh, he was telling me about a scandal that happened in their church. And, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I, I didn't know about that. He's like, you didn't know about that? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, and I found out that, that it, this scandal that happened at this church was, was to do with, uh, uh, it started really well. You know, a lot, of, a lot of things start well. You ever, you ever started well? Come on, how many people have ever, did you run the mile at, at school when you were a kid? And you started well. Are you with me? Right? By the end of it, there was something ugly happening, right? It's convulsing, right? Come on. Some of us are like, I'm so glad. You're already having flashbacks right now. Like, oh, I hated the mile day that we had to go run the mile. Well, a lot of things start well. And it started with this, this woman who gave her life to Jesus and got radically transformed. And this woman was a stripper. And so she's like, hey, you know what? I'm so transformed by God, I want to take this. I want to go and and pull these women out of this situation. Can somebody say amen? That would fire me up, right? It started well. And over time, they spent so much time in that arena that they were like, yeah, this is a good thing. Let's go do this. They had good intentions when they started. Only women were going to be allowed to minister to the the women. It started well. But when when we take our eyes off of the Holy Spirit, come on, any of us can be fallen guilty of this. But after time, they, they started to muddle up the rules a little bit. Oh, you know what? We're, we're going to go to this, this porn convention and we're going to save everybody. And then they got involved with pe- the wrong people. And now all of a sudden, pastors are having affairs with, with stars. And, and all of a sudden, it just ruins the church in a huge, huge way. I had no idea about all this. He told me this whole story. I meant, man, how many of us are running out with good intentions? Listen, this church, could, it could happen to any one of us. This is what's important to remember. Any one of us. You play in the dark too long, and you'll become part of the darkness. Now, that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that we don't go into the dark to pull somebody out. Are you with me? We go into those dark places and pull somebody out, but when you pull somebody out, you go back to a community of believers. Go back to connect group. Go back to life group. Go back to small group. Go back to men's and women's groups. Listen, if you're, especially if you're out doing ministry, you need to have somebody to go back to who pour back into you, to remind you who you are, to remind you who the Holy Spirit is in you. Are you with me? Otherwise, you end up becoming the very sin that you're trying to fight against. Come on, somebody. Now listen, none of us, none of us are so cool that we'll, we'll be able to get through it without that happening. That's what we got to realize. It's so easy to judge those pastors and be like, well, you should have known better. Why would you go? No, listen, anybody with the right intentions goes out to do a good thing, ends up doing a wrong thing, and they shouldn't have. And then how'd they get in there? Oh, it happened a little bit after a little bit after a little bit after a little bit after a little bit. It's just like the COVID stuff, right? 
little distraction here, a little distraction there, a little bit. I mean, how many of us, we find out how many subscriptions we have and we didn't even know that we still have subscriptions to that thing? Like, oh, it's just 12 bucks a month. Like, I didn't think about it. All of a sudden, you've got 10 subscriptions. you got, wait, that's 120 bucks a month. Like, like if you'd have told me that's what it was going to be, I would have probably said something because 120 bucks, I mean, I can buy like half a pizza with that now. <laughs> right? It's the subtle things of sin, letting in sin just a little by little. It can end really, really badly. That's why it's so important to be in community with who? Believers. Believers who are connected to the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. Let's go to verse 43. We're going to finish up. Got a couple minutes here. Oh, man. Where are you, Pastor Sarah? I need you. Verse 43. A deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I, en I enjoy being a part of this church. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy having fun. I enjoy good music. I enjoy all of it, right? But if we're ever going to get past just being a ch little church, a little, a little family, and become a movement, it's going to have to be an internal change for each and every one of us, an internal shift in each and every one of us, where we don't, like, it makes you read those scriptures, like, don't neglect the gathering together like some have been accustomed to. Like, how easy is it to neglect Oh, my favorite show's on Wednesday night, and so is small group. Yeah, yeah, people are kind of bothering me right now, right, Lynn? Like, just this whole getting to, I mean, I have to, I have to do things to prepare for that. Like, I'm not, it doesn't always, like, my house is always cleanest when you're coming over. Did you know that? It is. It is. My, I mean, it, halfway through what my marriage is so far, my, my wife, I remember she's saying, she's like, honey, I'm so sorry. She like came with repentance, like these eyes of like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, sorry for what? She's like, I never clean for you. I just clean for everyone else that comes to our house. Are you with me? Anybody's the same, right? Come on. It's like as if none of us knows that we live in our house. We got we to gotta prepare it to make it look like it's like one of those, those, those like show homes when you walk in. Like, oh, yeah, there's never any dust on this. What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. If we're going to become a movement, we got to get past the subtleties. The subtleties are, are, those, are those things that we try to mask to look like we're doing okay, to look like everything's all right, right? It's those, it's those things, that, those excuses that we make not to get not to get totally connected and to talk through stuff and do life together. Because if I told you what kind of sin that I deal with, would you still want to come to this church? Like one of the reasons that our, our, our men's group is so awesome, I can go in there and tell them exactly what I'm dealing with right then, what I'm struggling with, and we pray together. And, and most of those guys, I don't, I mean, I guess if anybody left because I told them how much of a sinner I am, I don't know, but, but the ones that have stuck around have been because they're like, dude, thank you for being real so that I can be real too. Are you with me? It's not just a big complaining group. That, I've had people say that, like, oh, it's just a big, no, it's not a big complaining group. It's a, it's a group where we get real and we build each other up. 
We build each other up to that next level and say, hey, listen, man, you're not alone, but I tell you what, we can go to the next level together. We're stronger together. Amen? Come on, somebody. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstones Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.